right, guys. Hello and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast. We have a special guest today. It is episode 40. Um, before we get started, guys, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, you know, we wouldn't be here without our listeners and, and people within the city that are, you know, tuning in and getting some value. Um, and obviously our great guest today, we have Keenan Loomis. Um, Keenan Loomis, is a, he's a husband, he's a father of three, he's a proud Hamiltonian. Um, prior to moving to Hamilton, he was a lawyer in Washington, D.C. that we're going to get into a little bit. He's the former president and CEO of the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce, and he is officially a candidate for the mayor of Hamilton in 2022 Hamilton Municipal Election. So we're so excited to have you, Keenan, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. I don't know how I'm a special guest, and yet I'm number 40. Like, how, the heck, how did that happen? We, we work our way up. First, okay. it, first it was friends and family, you know what I mean? Then, it, yeah. then it's, uh, you know, it's big people in the city kind of getting their name out and getting yeah. it going. This is exciting. Thanks yeah. for having me. Um, you know, Keenan, I've, uh, I've known professionally. He actually, uh, back when I first started, um, we won a chamber award and he handed me an award. He, he, I remember, I'll never forget. He said, man, you got a, you got a nice suit for being a plumber. And I said, <laughs> yeah, you know, we like, we, we try to clean up nice. I only got one. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not a day to day thing. But you got many more than that now. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a few now. They, uh, they change cause I don't wear them as often, but kind of getting, uh, getting involved is big. So, um, yeah, so so Keenan's got an incredible story. You know, I was fortunate enough to work with him professionally, um, as well as know him personally. He lives around the corner from my my house downtown Hamilton. Um, so yeah, Keenan, thanks for being here. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, let's rock and roll. That's it. So tell us a little bit about you know usually what we do in the podcast. We start from the end. We go to the now. Tell us a little bit about your 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 start. How'd you get into? How'd you become a lawyer? How'd you get into politics? Well, I, I still can't believe that I'm actually in politics. I, I, first of all, I bristle at the the fact that I am, I guess, by definition now, a politician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's something I, I never really expected, although I've always loved politics. I've always loved government. Um, when I was a kid, I was just such a, a, a government dork. Um, I remember in 1984, following the Mondale Reagan uh, race, uh, Reagan was running for re-election. And I was just really, really, you know, super uh, um, interested in that. And I was nine years old and my mother was like, who are you? <laughs> like, honestly, I I was the ap apple that fell furthest from the tree. Really? Um, when it comes to, you know, uh, where I came from. But, um, you know, I, I took uh, political science in university at okay. uh, Waterloo, which is where I met my wife, who's from Hamilton. That's how we're here. That's the short answer to the question of how did you end up in Hamilton? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, I went to law school down in Virginia at the College of William & Mary. Um, a lot of people know I'm originally from the U.S. And I was brought to Canada when I was 12, uh, you know, against my own volition. My mother got remarried and my stepdad is a teacher in London. And so I always wanted to return to the U.S. and, you know, I saw law school as my first opportunity to do that and to get to Washington, D.C., where, you know, that's where, to me, that was Mecca. That was where, you know, that's where uh, the center of the universe when it comes to political junkies. And so I did that and I realized, first of all, you know, I always thought that government service was a higher calling and yeah. you get really disabused of that notion very quickly yeah. when you're in Washington, D.C. and you're mired in the in the quote unquote swamp. Um, and I can say that because it actually is a swamp. Uh, <laughs> Washington is, it's certainly in August, it feels like it. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, as well, like I underwent a, a transformation myself. First of all, it didn't work out. I didn't love practicing law. Yeah. Um, and I realized that was not a sustainable career path for me, especially with uh, two small kids at the time. And I also came to the realization that I'm more Canadian than I am American. <laughs> and finally, like I needed to, to understand that and come to that conclusion myself. Um, and that's when I decided, well, you know, if this isn't going to work out and I'm going to switch careers, um, this is probably the right time as well to, to come back to Canada and be closer to our families. And that's how we landed in, in Hamilton. Uh, with my in-laws that they said, well, you can, you know, live with us while you figure it out. And um, I really fell in love with Hamilton very quickly. So much so that, that very soon after we moved here, I, I said to my wife, um, you know, because was, there was a lot of what are we doing here? What, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And I said, what about Hamilton? And uh, she said, uh, well, I can't really uh, um, repeat it here, but she was like, are you bleeping kidding me? <laughs> like she never expected that, you know, that would come out of my mouth. And, really? and um, she, when she left Hamilton in 95, she was never coming back. There was a whole generation of people who are like that, right? Totally. Um, and uh, I talked her into it. I said, you know, if you saw what I was seeing, like a lot of green shoots were happening at that time on James North. And, and if you met the people I was meeting, and that was the the big difference between, you know, Washington, D.C. and Hamilton or, you know, Toronto and Hamilton, which is I, I thought Toronto was really going to be my only place to find my next opportunity. And and um, she said, all right, well, you better make this work. <laughs> and so, you know, here I am 13 no years later. Yeah. Uh, well, no pressure. Yeah. The, the pressure being, of course, you know, like you got two small kids to feed and, and you know, don't, I didn't have a, a, a job. Um, we were basically, you know, homeless. We, we were living in my in-law's basement at the age of 35. Yeah. I mean, yeah that, I mean, there's a lot of pressure associated with that as well. But, you know, that's why Hamilton's been, you know, so amazing. That journey from there to here. Um, I can't believe it's only taken 13 years. And um, what I have found is that, you know, my vocation is leader. And that's ultimately what, you know, going to law school and having that background really helped with that. Mm -hmm. But all along the way, you know, I realize now because you, you can, you know, even though I was like the 12th man on the bench at uh, uh, in high school basketball, I was I was seen as being one of the leaders, you know, of that team, because that's just like I, I just gravitated towards that. And so, you know, here I am in this community. Yeah you know, doing that. And I see the obvious need at this point in time for real leadership mm -hmm. in City Hall to be able to meet a lot of the challenges and and the great opportunities that we have as a city. And I just felt, you know, too compelled to, to watch this um, pass me by and not have the opportunity that, um, that I have at this point in time, not take advantage of it. You know, I, I wouldn't have been able to I say I wouldn't have been able to to look at myself in the mirror if I just you know continued to do what I was doing um, yeah. comfortably in the Chamber of Commerce because I'd been there ten years. Yeah. Um, and uh, and watch you know this election play out uh, without my participation. That's amazing, man. And you know to talk about the journey from those big moments and big moves. Obviously, you know going to Washington D.C. to 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 study law. Right. And then making the decision to move back to Hamilton and start a family here. Yeah. Right. Um, it must be humbling, I'm sure, when you make those decisions and, and especially like, you know, saying like, you know, there is no there is no quit. Yeah. Well, it's definitely 
it's definitely uncomfortable. Like I've always been comfortable with the uncomfortable. I yeah. think that's ultimately the case, you know, what you need to be able to say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, move now. I'm going to go to Waterloo instead of, you know, why not go to Western? Because that's, you know, where my family lived. Um, uh, no, I, I want to chart my own path. And, you know, university is a, is an opportunity for me to restart my life. And then, you know, coming down to Virginia for law school, that's that's a new adventure, right? And and, and were was, you by yourself or were you with your wife at the time? Well, so I we had we were dating in Waterloo. It was after my first term um, of law school where I realized I, I can't we can't do this long distance thing. Um, so I proposed to her during Christmas of my first year <laughs> when I was back here in, in Canada. And um, then we got married uh, within five months oh, wow. after that uh, so that she could then accompany me down uh, to the U.S. And, uh, <laughs> you know, going through all of that whole uh, process, the immigration process was, was tough. long and, and tough. But um, we finally she came down with me to start my second year. Um, and it was just before 9-11. And I remember that very clearly. She was still, you know, in the house and it couldn't work. And and then all of a sudden I was like, wow, what have I brought her into? <laughs> you yeah, know, challenging by, by living sure. down here. And we were very close, of course, you know, to, uh, obviously even to the Pentagon. So, um, you know, but anyway, and, and then moving to, you know, Northern Virginia, and that was ultimately following a dream um, and being able to work in Washington. But yeah, I think the real leap was in, in leaving that all behind and in restarting and you know we had obviously a great amount of you know familiarity with canada but we didn't really have a network here mm -hmm. um we just had a lot of friends and and family you know who we we'd gone to waterloo with and all that and so it was, it was basically starting over and yeah. you know i knew nobody in hamilton other than my in-laws and so um but that's when i i really dived right in you know yeah. and, and and really um I'm a, naturally an introvert and I realized that an introvert is not going to get a job, you know, but <laughs> I like, you know, what is required right now is, is, uh, is hustling and, um, and meeting people and going to networking events and really just putting myself out there. That's and, it. and that was just like, that was a, a massive leap for me. Mm. Um, and what I didn't realize at the time was that I was wearing a parachute, you know? And so now I know that, and that's what makes this leap, uh, so much easier. And I know that things are going to turn out okay regardless of of how it uh what the outcome is um and the great thing is that regardless of the outcome um i will not regret this because it has been an amazing journey and just being a candidate and being out there and experiencing the city in a whole new way totally. and meeting a whole new uh range of people outside of just you know the more narrow um, uh, slice of the community that I was very actively engaged with, uh, you know, being the business community. So it has been already a rewarding experience. Yeah. And talking about like what you've done for the chamber and, and kind of, you know, the journey and, and as we've been involved with the chamber for seven years now um, and seeing like how it's developed and how it's grown and, you know, talking about being an introvert, it's like, you know, I'm an extrovert that in a different setting, I'm an introvert, I, I guess you could say, but um you know, getting into that space where you do know nobody, you're not from the city, to becoming the leader of all business uh, or most business within the city as, as the president of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, tell us a little bit about that and kind of, you know, what drove you to want that type of success? 
Well, I had been, my first opportunity when I arrived in Hamilton was to become the, ultimately I was, I became the chief operating officer for Innovation Factory, which was, um, it, which is at McMaster Innovation Park. And it was mm -hmm. a new organization that was being created to serve the entrepreneurs in this community that were developing their own intellectual property and to be a, a Mars or a Communitech, but for Hamilton. And um, so that's where, you know, my legal background really did help. They, they needed somebody to do the grunt work that, um, you know, the, the province required. The province was providing a whole lot of money, but they needed basically to have like a very thick <laughs> application filled out to qualify for the funding. And, and part of it was getting to know, like doing the a lot of the, the statistical work in terms of figuring out where Hamilton's best opportunities are economically, um, where the intellectual, the, the people who are developing the intellectual property in this town, where are they? Um, and and ha getting all of the various stakeholders um, uh, on board, or, or they don't know their stakeholders, but their stakeholders to us, right? McMaster, Mohawk, the business community, Hamilton Economic Development and the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Um, and so my job was to was to build out those relationships and to help get that organization up and running. And so I became very much a community facing role um, on with that organization and getting very involved with the Chamber of Commerce. And um, and at that time, you know, getting involved with it um, and, and, and really meeting the people that uh, were associated with it. Um, I thought, you know, it it doesn't really meet my expectations in terms of what, you know, a Chamber of Commerce should be in a community like this at a time like this. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was that was a big thing for me when I got the offer to, to do this. I, th I've, I felt like, you know, a chamber is something that, you know, your grandfather belongs to or your dad belongs to. Is this something really that I... Um, I can make an impact with, and, and does, is this the right fit uh, for me? But it was an opportunity to elevate my leadership um, uh, journey in this community to run an organization that was, you know, super or should be super impactful um, in this community if it's doing the right things. Totally. And so um, I, I said, yeah, like, and, and to have that freedom, you know, there were a lot of new hires that were required. So like I, I had this, this organization that was at this point in time, it was like 167, 166 years old. Um, but that it was almost a clean slate because of the opportunity to, to make three new hires right away. Yeah. And so I thought, well, you know, I could basically run my own shop here in this community and really make it the advocacy organization that, um, that this community needs and that other chambers of commerce throughout ultimately what I found was, you know, other chambers and other organizations throughout, you know, North America and in particular Canada, they were having significant impacts within their community. And so I brought in a lot of those models into Hamilton um, and, and then made a, a, a made in Hamilton sort of uh, advocacy uh, group, you know, by bringing in so many amazing, talented people, not just, you know, within the organization itself, but on the board, um, in, you know, in government governance roles and, and as volunteers as well. And, you know, lo and behold, like 
that we had uh, over the last decade a tremendous impact totally. in this community. So I'm, I'm really proud of, 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 you know, first and foremost, the, the evolution of the organization into being this really relevant, modern, um, and, and probably one of the most progressive organizations in the entire Canadian chamber network. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, so that was really important, just the health of the organization. It's now super healthy, you know, a good amount of reserves, great people, you know, on staff and around the board. And that organization, you know, is going to flourish, especially now that I'm gone, right? Like now it's like ready to go to the next level and, um, set it up for success. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, just the, the various things that we were involved with, like LRT, obviously, you know, is the one most people, uh, know us for, but, you know, I was, I was also, what I loved was being able to now within this very traditional organization, help people understand why the creative industries are so important, um, why transit is so important, why, um, you know, in inclusivity and, 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 um, and inequity is so important in our community. Um, why, why cannabis is so important to, you know, our, our economy as well, this great opportunity that we have that, you know, Ultimately, there was a, a moment in time where city council almost turned down um, the opportunity to legally sell cannabis here in this city. Um, and so we would have basically had the status quo, all these illegal shops and not only that, but we would have had a whole bunch of companies that have now set up here in, in Hamilton basically say, why would we bother? Why would we invest in Hamilton and our mm -hmm. production facilities and hire people in Hamilton when we're not even welcome to sell here legally? And so it's just little things like that. Um, it's, uh, you know, developing uh, re regional relationships and not just with KW, not just with um, with Toronto and, and all of those communities that, you know, uh, are part of the GTHA, but also with Buffalo and, you know, and, and a community that we share so much in, in common with. And it's just, you know, 45 minutes minutes away and I, it still baffles me why we don't have more, you know, um, uh, a, a more, uh, you know, a, a better relationship with that community. So, you know, I, I think building out all of that and, and, and leaving the organization um, in a, a good spot and being able to know that I didn't overstay my welcome. You know, there's an expiration for every job. Totally. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm glad I got out when I did. It was it was the right thing to do for me and for the organization and for the broader business community here in Hamilton. Yeah. Well, congratulations, because I think, you know, for, for all the reasons that you just explained, it, it just makes so much sense to to understand and making that impact. And, you know, I, I have a book up behind you. It's a good to great. And, you know, they talk about that with like, is, is it a good leader or is it a great leader? And great leaders, when they leave organizations, the lifeblood of the organization has a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that context goes goes far past just one person. Right. It's setting up the culture for success and, yeah. you know, processes and everything. So, um, you know, me being still part of the chamber, I'm on the board. Um, I have the opportunity to see that growth and see like kind of the, you know, the footprint that you've put together. So we want to thank you for that. Um, thank you. And, you know, it comes a long way. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's not one person. One person can lead. Right. But but for that consistency, what happens when that person's gone or what happens when that person leaves? And, and I think. In business and a lot of entrepreneurs listening, you know, you want to set yourself up so that what happens if you're not there anymore or what happens if you want to be on vacation If you want to be, you know, separate a little bit from your business or get a little bit of downtime. I know yeah. a lot of people don't get that, yeah. that opportunity, but. Well, you know, so one of the things is a lot of like, so if, you know, if you fail, 
guest plumbing, you know, fails and, and it goes under. But, you know, it hasn't been in existence for too long. The, the big pressure was the Chamber of Commerce had been in existence for 165 years or whatever. Totally. Older than the city itself. And so there's a lot more pressure there. Um, but also you get a, a good understanding of I am just but a blip in the history of this organization. Right. And so I, I've always borrowed uh, Bob Young's uh, you know line about how, how he's the caretaker of the Ticats. And that was so such a, a great way. Way of being able to see that in the, the chamber itself and I always say you know and this is why you know um, this is what I'm trying to sell you know uh, quote unquote uh, over the course of this campaign is that if I can do in the mayor's office what I did in the chamber yeah this city will be much better off yeah so getting into that concept obviously you know running for mayor is massive um you know so proud of you for making those decisions to to jump into that i'm sure that can be overwhelming especially there's only so many spots there's only so many candidates that run um and we're you know we're we're behind you 100 percent. so what 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 are some of the platforms what are some of the initiatives they're going to be using going forward what's kind of your claim to fame here yeah well so Bringing real leadership to City Hall, real change, not to, not just change for change's sake. We're hearing from so many people. They they have the same sort of um, desire that I had and that you know I intuited, um, and I've, I'm now feeling that across the uh, the entire community. And so focusing as I did at the chamber on culture change within that organization is going to be my number one uh, priority because, you know, we have an incredible opportunity this year with at least six new counselors. And so with a new mayor, we're going to have at least seven new faces around this 16 person board. That is, you know, the, the directors of the corporation of the city of Hamilton. And so, you know, if you can't do it now, you know, it's almost, it's going to be impossible. And I refuse to believe that it is impossible to change the culture of the city. And then once you get the culture of the city right, you know, then you can really address all those other issues, the challenges and the opportunities. but a lot of the, the details, you know, we, we've made an announcement uh, about a month ago to build 50,000 new homes in Hamilton over the next 10 years because affordability is one of the biggest uh, issues that everybody is facing in this community. And we know in particular when it comes to housing, um, that supply is, is the biggest driver of that in, on affordability. And so we need to build more homes here in Hamilton over the next 10 years. And in fact, we need to build enough to be able to be that city of 800,000 people by 20 2050 that the province is requiring us to plan for. Um, so that's number one. But it also comes to, you know, some of the more you know, popular type of, um, of uh, you know, campaign uh, platform promises, which is to fix the roads that, you know, that was just one thing that knocking on doors, going to events, meeting the thousands of new Hamiltonians that I've, I've met over the course of the last couple of months. Everything, everybody, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are, you know, whether you're driving a clunker like me around town, fix the roads. It's, it's so frustrating. Right. And it's so, and, and, and the, the issue is it's not just, you know, a manifestation of just poor roads that, you know, we have to um, try to avoid, uh, you know, and swerve out of the way to, to avoid it. it it's a, it's a symptom of a, of a deeper problem, which is that, 
you know, the, the city auditor uh, put out a report last year that outlined 25 things that we could be doing better when it comes to the procurement of our roads. We're accepting shoddy work from contractors. Um, and we know it's shoddy at that moment because we're actually testing it and it's not meeting our standards. And yet we accept it, we pay them and we invite them to bid on the next project. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely ludicrous to me. Um, you know, so just in a, a, a way in which we could do be doing uh, such a better job when it comes to the procurement of our roads, such that we get now 15 years of life out of something as opposed to five years that we're getting right now. And you just think about that's just one narrow thing. It's a big one, but narrow thing that the city is procuring and, and, uh, you know, involved in, in our daily lives. And so, you know, we need to obviously just run that organization better, um, and, and, and be able to uh, tell the taxpayers that your money, we pay high taxes in this community. Your money is, is being spent wisely. And right now, everybody knows that it's not. And so, um, you know, that was, uh, that was very, very well received as well. But, you know, this morning, um, I was uh, privileged to be able to finally reveal our final platform. Um, we had an outline, you know, four uh, buckets, uh, restoring truth, trust, and transparency to City Hall, um, growing Hamilton and smartly a uh, more responsive city hall and then a safe clean and healthy hamilton those were our, our four uh, platform pillars but we we said you know here's kind of the 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 overarching um you know principles that we're bringing to this campaign but we're now going out and we're asking you you know help us further refine this and so totally. today you know after having those you know thousands of conversations and the input from so many uh, hamiltonians from all over the city uh, we were able to uh you know announce you know some of the key planks to that platform um i'm focused on on economic development uh you know every Everybody knows that that's where I come from and that's where, you know, I'm, I'm most comfortable. But, you know, following on to the, the announcement of creating 50,000 new homes in Hamilton, the, the next question is, where are those people going to work, right? So that's what uh, we announced today. And, you know, it's been like little things like spending a, a million dollars uh, or increasing the budget of Hamilton Economic Development Department by a million dollars. Because we we're hearing about all these businesses that are, you know, so uh, interested in coming to Hamilton because they're hearing, you know, all this buzz as well. But there's these, you know, bottlenecks uh, happening within the, uh, the, the the bureaucratic process. So we need to remove those bottlenecks. Um, you know, just a, a variety of things that we put out, like I said, big or, or small, that um, are going to help us get to, you know, that vision uh, that I have of Hamilton in 2050, city of 800,000 people, five transit lines, you know, reaching into every corner of this community. Yeah. And I think about my kids who will be you know, in their 20s and 30s at that point in time. I want them out of my house. So, you know, <laughs> this is why we got to create these homes. Yeah. I want them to have a great job opportunity. And, you know, I, I really do um, think about how they're going to be interacting with uh, their community and moving about their city. And really, that's for me what it's all about. And, and I think that's what leadership is all about. It's looking beyond the next election cycle and the next election cycle after that. And, you know, and, and really focusing on the long term, because that is what this city has been missing and um, what has really held us back. Yeah, man, that's a, it's a lot to take in and, and really like a lot of planning goes into what you guys are talking about in terms of looking a little bit further than that. And I think it goes when you talk about entrepreneurship and business and leadership, you know, we use a platform called EOS and, you know, they put me as the visionary and the visionary's role is to look 
past the day to day and past the month to month and past what are we doing five, 10 years down the road? And it all sets yourself up for success. And sometimes you can feel like you're kind of just keep hitting these roadblocks when the vision isn't aligned. Right. Um, It's like taking a zigzag to the end of the line instead of, you know, being a sniper and going right to the wall. Yeah. Um, I I think it's so interesting, especially when you're talking about different facets of it. Um, For the people listening, you know, if if you haven't thought about how a city's developed, like think about a subway system, right? Like think about a metropolitan. And also, you know, I know uh, being a Hamiltonian and moving our our businesses is starting to work into Toronto. And, you know, you hear about the challenges from people from Hamilton going to work in Toronto. Like the traffic's getting crazy, but you don't hear about that in Toronto. Toronto, Torontonians don't talk about the traffic in Toronto because they're not on not in cars right Hmm. they're on those those subway systems or they're on the transit systems and you know they're not you know they're working near where they live or close to where they live or on a transit line and i think it's so important it's like well who thought of that yeah exactly you take it you take it for granted that these things were just here they've always been here but there were people that made those decisions way back when yeah and you know and and they probably toiled and and spent you know years you know (laughs) trying to get these things through and now and I, it's, I always say this about the LRT um, yeah it's going to cause a lot of pain you know it, it's going to be just it's going to be inconvenient for sure totally but when it's done everybody will say they were for it all along because it's going to be amazing <laughs> and in my kids in 2050 like they'll know you know obviously because they live through you know my advocacy for this project but other kids who are riding around in 2050 they you know will be uh, well I hope not to be long gone but they won't be thinking about the us or this it will just be like of course they we should have this and totally. you know it just makes sense that this this is hamilton a hundred percent and and you know like it takes a visionary like yourself to kind of make those things happen and put those things in place yeah because it takes time right it takes time takes energy it takes you know if you want to do construction on roads and housing you need contracts with good contractors or, or, or employees and, and, uh, and trades people within the industries. Um, because it, again, you're bringing jobs into the city, right? You want to build the homes, you want to build the place to live, you need the people to do it. Um, and we see that a lot, of, a lot in our industry, I'm sure you've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. So tell us a little bit about, obviously, I've noticed that anybody's lately following you on Instagram and, and all of the social platforms, you're everywhere, you seem to be everywhere, every day, every time. So <laughs> I'm not leaving one vote on the table. Yeah, no. And, and I'm sure it's, it's done wonders for your campaign on the sense of you really understanding what the people are looking for by talking to the people. You can't assume. You can't talk to just the businesses or just, you know, people on the street. Um, you know, you have to get a, a general consensus of what does the city need as a whole. And I think, that's a, you know, you made a great point earlier about, well, you've talked to the businesses, you know that, but you've been really hitting the pavement. So yeah. how do you balance, we always get to this question at the end and how do you balance that work life balance if there is one you know me personally at this time i'm not that balanced Um, i'm a little even kiltered but when it comes to you know obviously you've got events in the evening you've got events during the day um you've obviously got a family i think right now during campaign season it's probably business first family second but tell us a little bit about that yeah, uh, balance has always been hard for sure. Um, you know, the chamber was a, a pretty big job as well and a lot of uh, events. My wife has a, a, a big job herself, right? And um, so we've relied on a lot of help from our family. And now they're, my, our kids are at an age where, you know, they're just, they're easier. You know, we've gotten through that very much more difficult early years uh, stage. Um, 
but it's it's still really really difficult the and especially now like this is we knew it was going to be crazy you know and so you just accept it it's hopefully you know short term although you know if i become mayor then all of a sudden you know it's it's also that's going to be huge but it it feels like it's going to be a little bit more stable than you know campaigning um but uh i think that um the right now that that is the most difficult part people have asked me what is what's the hardest part of campaigns it's actually Living up to all of my duties yep. as a husband, as a father, as, you know, the, I was saying the, the VP finance and facilities of the, the Linus household. <laughs> um, it's hard to do all of that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, as we were talking before, I, right now, I, you know, well, so it's like, okay, now with the kids, you know, getting to school, you know, those things, we, you still have to do those things, right? Of course. And the lunches and, you know, just maintaining the household and try to figure out how to get the laundry done. And, you know, when you have it, uh, when you can, um, I have no idea how I'm going to get leaves done this, this year. <laughs> I, I think like, it's just gonna, I'm going to have to leave them until after the election. And, and, um, and I'm, if I win, I might have to hire somebody. I have no idea. Like the, these are the things that are on my mind. Um, but as we were talking, I, right now I, we have a dishwasher on the fritz and a fridge <laughs> on the fritz. And uh, I'm like, I just do not have the time to deal with this at this moment. And so, um, you know, we will just keep, uh, I don't know, but you just do. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. You, you have no idea how you're going to get through life as a parent until you have kids. And at first it seems like so overwhelming, but then you get into, you know, a, a routine and a rhythm. And, you know, so we've gotten into a little bit of a, of a rhythm with the campaign. It, I hope it doesn't become, it's not going to be routine, right? It'll be over um, as of October. But if I'm successful, we will find a new rhythm and, and routine and, and we'll just make it work. And that's, that. that's just the point. You just do, you, you figure it out. Maybe you sleep less. Maybe, you know, you cut, I, I hope not to cut, you know, going to the gym and workouts, but that might have to be the, the case. I have no idea, but, um, we'll, I'll make it work. <laughs> that's awesome. I love, I love hearing it because everybody's got a different concept, different story, different, you know, and, and different focus at different times. And I think throughout people's careers, they evolve, right. And understand that, you know, this might be a little bit of a challenge now, but you can create a new habit and you're able to, you know, kind of mask that and, and go to the next challenge. Right. Um, so we always, we finish the podcast this again. We're very fortunate to have you here. Episode 40. What advice would you give to your younger self? Younger Keenan going through the ranks, moving on up. What advice would you give yourself? I would say, so I, I have no regrets, you know, despite not being uh, a, a lawyer and having gone through law school and I'm still paying off law school loans. So I'm reminded every month. <laughs> um, I have no regrets. Like it, it was, um, it was all worth it. I think that the, the big piece of advice I'd give myself is that the hard work will eventually pay off and you, you don't see the reward right away, but you know, it wasn't until again, I was, you know, probably when I started at the chamber and started to hit my stride at the chamber, you know, probably two, three years in where I'm like, okay, I got this job. You know, I, I figured out the organization where, you know, we're, 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 we're improving as an organization, both financially and, you know, um, our, our reach in terms of advocacy and impact in the community. 
Um, and I'm hitting my stride personally as well. Like that's when I finally figured, you know, finally realized, um, that's when I finally felt like I had figured it out and I was, I was 40, you know, like that. And, and that's kind of late in life. Right. But you think about it, um, I always thought, oh, I'd love to be a millionaire by 30. Well, you know, I wasn't and I'm not, you know, and it, no, nowhere close. But um, I have, if you just put in the work, if you, you know, not go with the flow, but make your own flow, eventually it's going to pay off. And it has in my case. And, um, and like I said, I got to the point where regardless of what happens in October, I know I'm going to be all right. Um, and we're, we're going to be all right as a family. Um, and, you know, we will settle into whatever that new normal is after that. I love that. I, th- I really appreciate that advice. I think that's great. And fi- find your flow or create your flow. I think yeah. I, I really love that concept around that because I think for everybody, it's so unique and so different. So yeah. striving for somebody else's kind of direction is, is so much, uh, so much more challenging when you're not just, you realize you do have your own and you have your own motivation and your own journey. Yeah. The other thing is don't pay attention to what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's also the thing is when you, when you, you, you look at, so I, I look at some of my, friends from law school who I visit every now and then. And, you know, I feel always really poor when I'm (laughs) with them because they're doing such amazing things in their careers and, you know, really making a lot of money right now, but they are all miserable. And that's the thing, you know, so don't, don't measure yourself by what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. Just be really happy with, you know, as long as, you know, your family's good, um, you know, your relationships are good, uh, your reward, you know, in a rewarding, you know, professional uh, career path, uh, that is all you need. Uh, and we should really not judge ourselves by what other people are doing. I know that's really hard, especially in the social media era, but, you know, just really be centered in, uh, in that. And, um, you'll feel a lot better once you, once you put, uh, you know, block out all the noise. Amazing. Okay, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Dan. Again, everybody listening in, uh, we, we wouldn't be here without you guys tuning in, you know, hearing stories like Keenan's and understanding kind of where you guys, you know, where you are in your journey and how to kind of evolve and grow. Um, you know, lessons lessons like Keenan's gone through are, you know, dime a dozen and they're, they're so, so hard to find. And I really think, um, you know, being able to share that with the community and being involved in the community is such a, such a big thing. So thank you because um, you do such a great job, Keenan. Um, and at the end of this, we always ask ourselves a question, why not me? Why not now? Um, all Keenan socials will be blasted all over this podcast. So check us out in the bio. Make sure you vote. Um, you know, I might know who I'm voting for. I'm not 100% yet, but <laughs> he might be in the room. He might not. Um, you but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, go out there, you know, vote Keenan. Um, you know, this, this guy, I've seen him make change. I've seen him create change. And, and the things that you're going to do for the city are amazing. So thanks. really, uh, really appreciate you kind of being the voice for everybody. Yeah, thanks. I, I love that, that ending. Why not me? Why not now? That's exactly, that was my thought process for you know doing this and making this leap from you know again being comfortable at the chamber to putting myself out there and uh, yeah it, 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 that's amazing that you <laughs> that's your tagline too <laughs> that's it all right guys thanks so much for tuning in boom thanks dan that was awesome yeah